and welcome back to season two of the Let's Plan Your Wedding podcast. Here's a quick recap as we move past vendor profiles to wrap up season two in the next few episodes. Season two has been devoted to the second phase of wedding planning, the longest phase, what I call the vendor phase. When you hire all your vendors, anyone who brings a good or a service to your event, And we've really walked through these vendors one by one to learn about each of their industries before hiring them. Before moving ahead to season three, which is the last phase of wedding planning, there are a few more topics to tackle that aren't specifically vendor related, but still important to button up before moving forward. So the next few episodes will be devoted to honeymoon planning, peripheral events like bridal showers and bachelor bachelorette party planning, and invitations. Warning. This is a common time to stall. There are a few common places that I see couples lose steam. The first happens early when it's time to build a guest list. And the second happens right now, maybe four to six months out from their wedding in the midst of diligently booking vendors. I think there is a false confidence once you get a few vendors booked that the majority of the time consuming work is out of the way and you can slow down. Or couples also might fatigue on decision-making. They may have a couple showers coming up, so their weekends are getting booked, or they may just need a break. But hey, here is your pep talk from a professional. Next season is all about the work that happens one month out from your D-Day. That's how much minutia and important prep is coming your way for your one month out. So my biggest advice to couples is to make sure to be done with all the other tasks leading up to that and to keep moving forward. So if you've got a couple more vendors, keep going. Let's firm up what your entire wedding weekend will entail, and also let's keep updating your website with that information before sending out your invitations. The next few episodes are for you. Keep listening while you solidify those last vendors for your event. And if you're craving a little mental escape from wedding world, here's the perfect thing to do. Plan and book your honeymoon. I like to catch couples in this stall moment and give them the win of planning a few elements of their honeymoon. I know it can feel painful financially. Maybe you aren't even sure if you can swing a honeymoon with your funds going to the success of your wedding, but let's talk about it. When? Begin with talking about the timing that makes sense. For many, this relates to their work and paid time off, as well as other key social events that happen right after their wedding. Do you need to utilize your vacation altogether? Say you take part of the week of your wedding off and want to go straight into your vacation from there or you're wanting to have a few days to recuperate after the wedding and leave a few days later. Talk about your work schedules. How long can you take off and where you might wanna go? Where? As far as where to go, there are fun lists online to discover where in the world is having their good weather season during the month you wanna travel. That can be a fun place to start. Say, doing a Google search for the best places to travel in October. Perhaps to keep the cost low, you prefer to drive. And if that's the case, This could also narrow down the locations to visit to those drivable getaways. How much? When it comes to tackling the financial elements of planning, remember that you can ask guests to contribute to a honeymoon fund that you list on your registry. You can even ask them to contribute specifically towards certain outings or dinners, depending on the online registry that you chose. Maybe take a look at those options on your registry to see how customizable it is, how easy it is for your guests to contribute to. That way you know that it's up and running for your guests. If you are relying heavily on your honeymoon fund to fund your vacation, I'll say that couples who get the most money toward it are the ones who are having large weddings where there are a lot of guests. Also, registries that don't have a huge amount of other items or options will get usually more money toward their fund. 
Also, if you leave a note on your registry saying you would really like the money toward your honeymoon, that can help as well. But if you're having a small number of guests and you also need a lot of home goods or other items that are listed on your registry, you may not get a huge amount of money. And depending on the cultural tradition you're coming from, but I would say that the majority of cash and checks will be presented to couples on the wedding day itself. So that's pretty late in the process. I think it all tends to work out. You pay for your flights up front, but hotels you often pay for when you arrive, as well as the food and the other expenses for the trip. So that's okay that you're going to get that money really close to before you leave for that event. So you can book a few things with the assurance that there will likely be financial gifting that you could decide in advance to push toward honeymoon and also have that specific honeymoon fund in the meantime. Deciding on the when and where and securing flights and accommodations are really all that you need to do to accomplish this step of honeymoon planning. If you want more inspiration, I recommend purchasing a physical guidebook instead of scouring the internet. These guidebooks are great ways to explore your options. Maybe even do this as your first step to research a place to travel before booking. I would recommend you consider spending the extra $100 or so that it costs to insure your trip with trip insurance. Trip insurance helps cover costs if you need to cancel because of a health emergency or unforeseen crisis, although booking with a credit card can also give you this benefit. A credit card company will often be able to fight for refunds from hotels or airlines in case you need to cancel. But if you're traveling internationally, trip insurance is great for peace of mind since your health insurance isn't universally recognized. Say you get dengue fever or you have a scooter accident while in Bali. The low cost of trip insurance is a great investment. Also, there are perks in case you lose your luggage or other calamities befall you while you're traveling. So definitely for international travelers, make sure you look into trip insurance. Look online as well to make sure that you have everything you need as far as a travel visa or any vaccinations or medication that you should be traveling with. For all the international travel, passports must be valid for up to six months past your travel dates. So go ahead and check your passports as well. Maybe run a quick search for what's required in terms of the COVID-19 vaccination for the country you're hoping to travel to. Dates, location, flights, accommodation, and a bit of research to be sure you know what to expect maybe even a rental car, and you're all set. A few purchases and you're good to go. Everyone is different, but I find exploring a new place exciting even without tons and tons of internet searches. Places that have thriving tourist industries will help you once you get there. Don't worry about branching out to a never-before-visited destination. Or keep it simple and close to home, but splurge on a romantic getaway to a nearby town or an exciting hotel or rental that you can drive to. In this case, all you would need is an accommodation reservation, Maybe a dinner reservation if you want to be proactive. It's one of the few times in your life, at least if you're an American, where your work environment will have the expectation that you're going to take some time off after your wedding to go on a honeymoon. So because it's a cultural norm, even in our work-driven world, take advantage and have a fun, adventurous getaway or a relaxing, romantic couple of days away from home. Couples who put off the honeymoon too long may find it hard to prioritize in the coming years. I say go for it within the following week or two after your wedding, if at all possible. Here's one last thing that I often see, which I think is helpful to talk through for a second. Let's say one person has been the point person for the ins and outs of wedding planning. They may task their partner with the honeymoon planning. Maybe there's even an expectation that it's a gift from the person or a surprise. If that's an arrangement both parties have embraced, then go for it. Maybe that's a positive thing. I will also say if you have been voluntold to plan a perfect honeymoon because there's some resentment about your lack of involvement elsewhere, that could be problematic. 
Let's say you're the planning partner or the wedding point person. Stereotypically, I see that being the bride. And you are assigning your fiance a task because they need help. I think now is also a really great time to reassess your roles within the wedding planning process in general. Maybe you sit down at this phase and say, hey, I know I've been the point person and that has been wonderful for me and also much harder than I thought it was going to be. But now we're X number of months out and I'm realizing there's still a lot to get done and I need help. Remember, the past is the past as far as dragging them down and saying, you've done nothing so far, you've been so unhelpful, blah, blah, blah. That's not gonna be helpful. (laughs) Make it all about what's ahead. Are you able to tune in and help me for this final push? Can I sit with you and walk through the vision and some of the details and see where you can contribute or even bring them into this podcast? Hey, next season is the one month out. Can we commit to listening to the episodes together and doing each task in the final push up to the wedding? So involving your partner at this phase and enabling them to be involved is a great move at every phase. But I think especially now, as you've done so much work to make your day happen, it's a great time to continue to enable people around you to be involved. Or if that's not possible and you're still feeling overwhelmed, maybe you listen back on episode one of this season about hiring some extra help in the way of a part-time planner or a month-out coordinator. It explains the difference in that first episode, so go back and listen if you haven't heard that yet. Even if you're multiple months out, a planner could come in and give you a custom quote to take on some work from here up to the finish line. Okay, hopefully that's helpful. Remember, keep going, keep planning. If you're stalling out, try to pivot to honeymoon planning if that's life-giving to get something checked off your list that feels doable in the midst of getting those last vendors booked. Mm 